Well, hello there, everybody. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John Biedrin and Devin Welsh. Thank hey. you for having us. Yeah, it's been a while. We haven't uh, seen each other in a bit. It's been uh, a hectic uh, end of the year, and now we're well into 2022. And guess what? We're back on the mics. Yes, we're back but, uh, on the mics. Uh, after a hiatus, we were actually busy negotiating, uh, going back and forth, uh, figuring out the details of uh, the, the contract for our new program, which will be starting soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've sold the show. We, yep. uh, we wrapped it up. You know, It's good to lay low. Don't produce any content while you're negotiating. And then right. once the deal is closed, we'll be moving to a new office. Um, yeah. The old office has been cleared out. Everything has been thrown away. Yeah. Unfortunately, we did take a really hard line with the uh, arrangements with the old office. We were trying to um, not pay for the last month of rent in the mm, studio, yeah. and right. we kind of um, oversold our hand. Mm-hmm. And we went to the studio at 4.30 a.m. Monday morning, as we do every week, Yep. you know, ready to deliver the news, drink a big pot of coffee, news juice, and uh, we found that the locks had been changed. We thought maybe it was a mistake. We checked a couple of other studios in the area. Thought maybe we got too drunk, you know, tried to open the wrong door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it looks like they locked us out. We yep. went around the back. All of our uh, broadcasting equipment was in the back of a dump truck. Or excuse mm-hmm. me, it was a recycling. Uh, one of those green circular yeah. arrow trucks. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, we followed it because, uh, you know, we needed all that stuff. And it took us to the dump. And that's where we are right now. You may hear those seagulls. Flying overhead, squawking into the microphones. Um, we are at the uh, municipal dump, broadcasting live from a cobbled together desk and newsroom of moldy newspapers, cardboard, eggshell cartons. Um, the microphones are coconuts. I don't know mm-hmm. why those are at the dump. Sort of yeah. a Gilligan's Island situation here. But mm-hmm. they work. Uh, the coconuts do work as microphones. I they're actually they much better. more. Yeah, they're a lot more sensitive. Yeah. I love a um, sensitive coconut. That's. I've always said that, and I, I just think it's a, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot for us to come here to, well, first off, I mean, we followed the recycling truck thinking that it was going to go to the recycling center, but apparently mm-hmm. it just goes to the dump, and they just put everything in a hole, Yeah. and uh, we're, we're just sitting outside of that hole right now, and, uh, yeah. and we're just going to deliver the news, because that's what we do here. And, and uh, the best way we can. Uh, yeah. We don't have access to a lot of our stuff, because, uh, like I like like you know ron just alluded to the stuff does not get sorted or recycled it's just no. dumped in a hole in the ground yeah and so we've lost a lot of our equipment like yeah. the news uh telegraph machine mm-hmm. that we use to get the breaking stories of around the world that's um, all true. various desks yeah all over every yeah so what we've got here instead is a pile of old newspapers old magazines uh there's a whole section for that here and so we're just going through Mm-hmm. The trash and finding the top stories uh, from these last few weeks yeah. mm-hmm. that we can bring to you straight straight from the newsprint. As many um, of these stories as we can find, as long as the pages aren't stuck together, which on a lot of these, especially these sort of tabloidy ones, the pages are stuck together with some sort of strange glue-like substance. Mm. Oh, th- those are actually mine. I brought them and threw them out here. Oh, oh, I um, see. You wanted to get some, some house cleaning done while yeah. we were yeah. on our way to the ice. Well, yeah, so so we're in some, some weird situations, but let's, let's just let our listeners know that the podcast has been sold uh based on some of our high numbers out of slovakia that you heard about uh later 
on in the in the year 2021 last year um and so look forward to that we're going to be launching something new we have a buyer uh who you will be hearing from in upcoming episodes who is very interested in blasting our news all over the world but thank you guys very much for that little intro and uh let's uh try to stay away from that hole over there and uh deliver our fans some news and the way we do that is to go into this week in history Nineteen forty-three, work is completed on the Pentagon, home of the Defense Department and one of the world's largest office buildings. Oh, okay, that was just nice a quick little, hit. Quick hit. Nineteen forty-three, right in the middle of the Second World War. I wonder yeah. if there's any connection there. In terms yeah, it's a of weird time to be building. Yeah, yeah. Depen- Defense Department. I guess so, kind of makes sense. The thing about the building that's kind of funny is that it has five sides. Mm. The Pentagon. That's why they mm-hmm. call it that. At that time in history, um, pre-modern man, sort of primitive Stone Age man from the 1940s, thought that the five-sided pentagon was the strongest shape in nature. And? And it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it it's held up all of these years. It still years. is. Yes. Uh, come wind, come rain, come snow, uh, the pentagon has been untouched, unscathed Unmarred. since 1943. A lot of people think it's the triangle, the strongest shape, but they're wrong. Two more yeah. sides, even stronger, five. So I have a little uh, family uh, connection here. My uh, my uncle was in charge of uh, building the Pentagon. Hmm. And, oh, uh, wow. he, <laughs> he originally had the idea of just calling it the rectangle. Yeah. And he was uh, demoted, fired, and then eventually <laughs> sniped and killed because of his uh, his plans of creating only a rectangle. Um, and so he, uh, yeah, I guess he didn't quite invent the Pentagon, but he got close. Yeah, it sounds like he was one side away. Yeah, he yeah. almost had it. I mean, I I, I feel for him, uh, Gus. His name was Gus, and and I just think that uh, it, you know, it's. I, well, I never met him. This obviously. is one of your parents' siblings? Yes, uh, Gus, okay. Uncle Gus. He a, a, Again, he was shot and killed, and um, it, simply for not thinking of another side. He and couldn't think outside of the box. That, that's correct, John. He was uh, spatially unaware, and uh, I, I later found out through uh, my other uncle, um, okay. uh, Terry, he, that... He, he 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 wasn't good with shapes, so that's why. How did he get into building buildings for the largest government in the world? Well, he was really into shapes at one point, and then he just he didn't stopped. learn. He lost than, the, <laughs> after the he, four-sided polygon. He's like, I got it. Yeah, he went. I got he, it from here. He missed. Okay, so yeah, he mastered the line, the single line. <laughs> well, then he, he went for, to, even before that. The the point. The point, right? yeah, exactly. The point first, then the line, and yeah. then he got into triangles really big. Mm-hmm. Then he really got into squares and rectangles and then just stopped. And then, again, he was sniped in the head by a bullet and then uh, killed. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they built the Pentagon thereafter. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, That's pretty crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is <laughs> A tragedy at the foundation of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah really, weird. and metaphorically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now they call it the world's largest office building. 
Yes. Um, is that what they do there? They just it's just like businesses, pushing yeah. papers. Yeah. 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 Just what's like regular people pneumatic tubes perhaps yeah, they probably there, still have that w- did, there was always like a rumor or something like this i wish i could ask my uncle gus but uh they <laughs> that there was like some sort of taco bell or dunkin donuts there or is a taco bell right in the middle uh-huh in the courtyard in the food court no it's in the basement i think underneath the courtyard john you seem to know quite a bit about the layout of this building the largest office building in the world it's well weird. there's only five sides so it's pretty easy to keep track of hmm. and i think if you go to a map thing and you go yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's on a map i'm sure but uh uh yeah so that's the pentagon it's a, a very stable building um and again has five sides which uh you actually know. it's a subway sorry oh it's a subway they have a subway uh but in any case they, yeah lots yeah. of busy people working really hard in there since 1943 and uh we salute them yeah salute 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 to Hold every on, single a, one of them they have a gift shop they have a pentagon gift shop yeah i'm I'm sure they do okay so uh that that is this week in history that was 1940 don't know uh when they built 43 i think it was when they built That's that right. pentagon again that fifth side really troubling to my family and we'd rather not talk about it so let's get into the news Devin, it looks like you got a headline over there uh, as we're here in the dump watch out for that seagull that's just landed on your desk uh yeah yeah just brushing off this uh this dirty old newspaper here Ooh, mm-hmm. there's something sticky and kind of smelly on it okay uh anyway this is a nashville newspaper how did it get up here i don't know but hmm. drunk soldier arrested after pooping pants at bna while transporting <laughs> nine assault rifles what <laughs> what are you doing um, so it's a complicated story. There's a few levels, so I'm going to try to unpack it one Please. piece at a time here. Please. A uh, 22-year-old recent air assault graduate, Donovan Paywa, was booked into the Metro Nashville jail Saturday afternoon after being refused service at Cafe Vino inside the Nashville airport due to him having defecated on himself. Mm. The soldier was transporting nine assault rifles aboard the aircraft and consumed three mixed drinks while inside the terminal. <laughs> well, yeah. A stat- a staff noticed he had feces inside his jeans. They alerted airport police, <laughs> who arrived to find staff having to prop the soldier up as he could no longer stand on his own without assistance. Oh, no. So, well, also, wondering... he had, he'd loaded up those guns, which he was using to prop himself up with. That's right. Yeah, but how do you figure out himself. that someone has feces inside In, their jeans? I well, where else is thing. the feces going to be? Outside if the jeans. He's wearing jeans. I guess, classically, yeah, you want it out of the jeans. Um, but that's not always a possibility in the airport. You know, there's long lines. You're afraid of losing your spot. You only have like 15 minutes to like run to McDonald's and back. Yeah. You know, um, I feel for the guy. Yeah. So apparently he repeatedly declined any assistance, started screaming, fuck you across the terminal, causing quite the scene. He was informed he was under arrest and he refused to comply with the process, eventually having to be taken down by airport police by force. As a passenger who happened to be an MP attempted to calm the young soldier, who then told the arresting officers, your family is dead. Hmm. But he said, Paywa was placed under arrest for public intoxication, transported to jail where he was released, and his case dismissed after an eight-hour intoxication hold. Man. Social media hmm. shows him catching a return flight to New Mexico on Sunday. Man, Donovan Paywa is the worst guy to uh, run guns for you. You never want yeah. this guy, like... Don't, the last don't thing, give this guy nine assault rifles. He's going to yeah, drink. If, if you're gun running, the last thing you want is any kind of media profile. 
yeah any kind of attention so yeah. do you think it was the cocktails that made him poop his pants like no, do you think absolutely not what do you think it was um the nerves did he have a case the of the nerves it's that it's that condition you get when you go into Newport News or Barnes and Noble or any bookstore and you have the urge to defecate. Mm. Mm-hmm. You went to the little kiosk where they sell newspaper and uh, you know Tom Clancy novels. Yeah, and then just shit him. And he just couldn't help himself. Right. Like I said, he's carrying a lot of stuff. The the airport is busy. You know. Yeah. You don't feel like you you're like okay, I'll just wait until I get on the plane and then go in the you know. In the yeah, back suddenly of the plane. feels that rush. You know, it's like where you know you have less than a minute get yeah. to a toilet well it, what are you it, gonna it, do get on that like moving at, like sidewalk and like hopefully it takes you to the bathroom in less than a minute i don't think so no and you gotta stay and somebody's standing in the walk zone right in the it. middle i hate it yeah so uh, in this article uh there's some screenshots here from don paywa's uh instagram it looks like um he's got it looks like what nine, uh, you know, hard plastic uh, flight cases. I think they call them. Mm-hmm. And he says with his post, "Gotta love transporting nine assault rifles with a, I think like a laughing emoji, smiling which, and crying face." Yeah, um, and I, I I was unaware that you could just do that with, uh, <laughs> like carry on nine. These weren't carry-ons, I don't think. But so, I, how did they know that he had these? Anyway, and then he he the second photo is of some sort of drink with a uh, lemon peel in it, and the caption over top of it says, "In the end, I hate all of it." Yeah, there's another one where he's holding the drink before it's been emptied, and, and the caption is, "Fuck it, I'm pain." Huh. <laughs> okay. And then there's a few more. Um, from the next day and it looks like he's woken up and it's a shot of him outside of a, uh, in a public park on a, next to a bench mm-hmm. with the, it's still dark out, sort of like twilight. Yeah. And, uh, the caption is this morning is beautiful. Hard eyes emoji. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like he's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just had kind of a rough night, but he woke up no hangover feeling great. Yeah. And then, uh, the next picture is him, uh, flying on a plane. So it looks like he made it. It says I'm sick of flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, his excuse earlier was gotta love missing a flight to take care of business things. Yeah, um, and then a but, sort of like a gamer like meh face emoji. Yeah. yeah. So I think this guy works at the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, so he's shitting himself. No he's guts. filling his jeans with with shit and poo yeah. smearing everywhere and mm-hmm. telling transporting his guns. And then telling uh, officers of the law that their families are dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you go to his uh, social media account, he has a link here for his Robin Hood invite. So he's an investor. He's clearly nice. playing the game. Uh, and his profile is just says happiness with a uh, question mark in quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, I write silly little rhymes to help pass the time. Again, with a question mark and quotes so this guy is clearly we need to keep our eyes on him <laughs> he is shitting himself in airports has tons of weapons mm-hmm. and the guy loves the morning i will say that he is a morning yeah. guy he's a morning Don guy. Pewa, yeah. we'll be keeping our eyes on yes there's yeah. definitely an end to this story and those nine guns are going somewhere 
Yeah, unsure what the end of the story is. Uh, I mean, we, we have to connect some sort of dots here. I guess he's in the military. There's a lot of information about him. Uh, but ultimately, I'm terrified of Don Paywa. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> I, am, I don't think he's up to anything good. Uh, Saying no. something like your family is dead to the officers who are arresting you when you're really drunk sounds like something out of Terminator. Like he's mm. traveling back in time and he's like, I come from a time when like, everyone you know is dead yeah yeah he's doing something very important yeah well it's definitely possible don that's my that's where my money is love to have you as a guest on our our uh, podcast just to find out exactly what's going on maybe we can untangle some of those wires you have uh locked up inside that mind coffin on hanging on your shoulders but uh Thank you, John, for that uh, report. And um, um, that wasn't my report, but it's okay. That was my report. That's what I I said. Because we're I said Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I said De- John. I said Devin. That's okay. It's okay. The studio doesn't have very good feng shui. No. But John has the next report. Is that, that right? Is, yes. That's where I was going with that. John, could you please uh, hit us with this uh, news item that you found? Sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I I looked away for a second, and one of these damn birds snatched it away again because it's covered in orange juice. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Let me get it back from him. Okay. Virile Viscount uses 330,000 pounds of taxpayer money to have half a mile of potholes in his driveway filled in. Oh, that's okay. That's fine yeah. by me. Virile Viscount. Yeah. Um... Now, not many would have thought that... This is from the Daily Mail, uh, Mm. one of our affiliates still, Mm -hmm. even in this dump. I Mm -hmm. believe this dump is actually owned by the Daily Mail, same company. Mm -hmm. Uh, None would have thought that an aristocrat would end up benefiting from money, uh, from a money pot. I don't know what that... Uh, for some, 330,000 pounds was spent making a bumpy driveway owned by the Eighth Viscount Gage level once more. This is like written in Old English. Yes. <laughs> so who is this guy? <laughs> He's a close friend of Prince Philip, Lord Gage, 87, mm. was dubbed the Virile Viscount after fathering a child at 75. Wow. With his third wife, Alexandra Templeton, who was 38 years his junior. This man's oh, got he a is steel a virile rod. Viscount. Yeah, um, that is that is true. That he's mm-hmm. literally virile. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the e- Eton and Oxford-educated former Tory peer has questions to answer over why the vast sum of taxpayers' money was spent filling in over half a mile of potholes on his land in East Sussex. Sounds like the why is because. He doesn't want to dent up his nice, expensive uh, yeah, his, drive. Would, his, they need Rolls Royce, his Rolls Royce, his uh, Rolls Royce, yeah. or Bentley <laughs> Arnage or something. The track leads to Charleston Farmhouse, an independently run museum and art gallery within the grounds of his Feral Estate. Feral. Feral, F-I-R-L-E. It's a coincidence. Feral at Feral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Feral at Feral. Um, the museum applied for the funds, even though the drive itself is owned by the millionaire aristocrat. Uh, visitors to the former home of Bloomsbury artist Vanessa Bell, Virginia Woolf's sister, had complained for years about the potholes. One warned in a review, you risk your car suspension and you need to wear a sports bra. Nice. <laughs> As he's like winking and kind of like hold, like he's pretending there's like melons. You on know. Him, you know, he's yeah. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds like this was maybe, yeah, the end of a bad PR thing where the Vero Viscount 
because you wonder how he's keeping his blood hot mm. you know at 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 80 something mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe he had someone in his staff dig up these potholes for a the site of a famed like art figure of of female art history mm-hmm he knows that it's going to be a bunch of ladies coming mm-hmm. to check it out on his grounds. Yeah, he's you dig got up some holes. Right. Yeah, you get a pair of those fancy binoculars with the arms on them. Yep, right. And you the keep, long driveway. You keep the motor running. You know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I do. Absolutely, I do, John. Absolutely. Uh, despite the Viscount's wealth being estimated at 15 million pounds, his Furl Estate Management team helped the Charleston Trust secure the cash from the from the quote unquote getting building fund. <laughs> oh, I know about that. That's they built the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. My One of the leveling up department's about. grants specifically aimed at helping COVID hit infrastructure. I like how literal the names of government facilities in England are. Yeah, and then all of the other things are like yeah, the feral estate. Mm. One of the leveling up departments grants. Scrothington f- um, Fair or something. <laughs> and then it's the getting a building built fund. <laughs> Trust blamed poor drainage for corroding the driveway to obtain the grant. So. We've got poor drainage happening on multiple levels on the Furley estate here. <laughs> if any, I don't know. This this virile man has no drainage issues as far as I'm concerned. If he's, yeah, well, uh, that's the that's the problem. The grounds yeah. are getting you know bogged up with uh, with. They're not draining the grounds properly, but there mm-hmm. seems to be some sort of unlimited supply of. Well, and he has poor drainage in the sense of viscosity. Like he mm. he's a viscous viscount, mm. a viscous <laughs> virile viscount. Yeah, the, the virile viscous viscount. Yeah, um, agricultural vehicles serving one of the viscount's seven farms use the driveway, as well as locals living in some of the 114 homes he owns in five villages Excuse dotted me? across 7,500 acres of the Sussex Downs. Wow! So he's this a, guy owns the whole region. He owns the whole city. How about uh, this? the walls of Lord Gage's mansion used to film Jonathan Creek? which I guess is a movie, are adorned with paintings by Van Dyke and Gainsborough. In 1999, hmm. he sold a 16th century masterpiece by Fra Bartolomeo for 14.5 million pounds. The house is open to the public in summer. Well, let's go. You know, we should go Sundress season. He yeah, opens the in, doors. So in the summer, you can just hang out at his house anytime. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you can uh, borrow his binoculars, too, if you would like, and uh, watch for... Yeah, exactly. Uh, watch the ladies uh, drive down the the way. <laughs> but he's yes. getting bad advice. He's trying to fill in these potholes when the potholes are the thing that he's providing the public in the first place. Yeah. Taxpayers will be outraged how their hard-earned cash is being spent. Harry Phone, grassroots campaign manager of the Taxpayers Alliance, said, ministers need to ensure the public get real value for money. Um you know, one way that they could be ensured that they're getting value is if you fill those potholes in, but then you put a series of um, poorly advertised speed bumps. Yeah. So that way you better. still need to get, you know, the chassis rocking as oh, people yeah. are coming down the lane. <laughs> yeah. But Lord in a safer Gage, way. Yeah, exactly. Lord Gage, who has household staff, including a butler, just one, <laughs> inherited his title in 1993 and sat as a hereditary lord until his peerage was abolished under the House of Lords Act of 1999. Mm. Um. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The rest seems to be covered in milk. Yeah. So essentially, um, he's yeah. he's ripping off the taxpayers to fill in these beautiful potholes that have brought so many people so much joy over the years. Um. But I would like to. Yeah. Let's talk more about this Viscount. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, <laughs> I encourage our listeners to look up uh, Lord Gage. That's G A G E. 
Um, again, he we found out that he Im- impregnated a a lady um, when he was seventy five. Uh, Alexandra Templeton, who's thirty eight years his junior. Uh, they have a very sexual relationship. It's a uh, <laughs> in fact it's only very sexual. hot and heavy. Yeah. To this day, I think we could assume as well. It's, oh, yeah. It remains extremely oh, yeah. active. Surely. I mean, it must be a relationship of, like, love and passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, why else would you get married to someone who's 75 or whatever? Yeah, whose yeah. first name's Lord. Like, come on. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, again, the British are up to their old tricks. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe uh, throughout the history of Blue Men Group podcast, we've probably alienated all British listeners through focusing on the uh, the hijinks of the royals. Uh, Lord Gage, who knows why yeah. he is uh, sitting at that horny throne that he's at, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's because of his... Uh, what do you call that? His mast? His, um, <laughs> his yeah, scepter. He, his he scepter. has an unusual uh, element that... That's how he got the status in the first place. Exactly. Right. You that know is how he proof. made his money? I mean, I think we know. That's the real proof of his like right to be a noble, is his ability to sire children at any age. Yeah. And yeah, in this, in this photo of him, he's he's quite dashing for an old 87 year old horny man he's uh mm-hmm. he's wearing a nice suit very nice cut of a suit again i encourage you to look at this photo of him but it I is funny his... one, i will say yeah, one thing here john um he tucks his tie he into tucks his, his tie pants. into his pants mm-hmm. and his belt and if anything i think that's just kind of his tie is weighted at the bottom to keep his <laughs> scepter so to speak uh at bay um yes that's probably why he does that. Well, you know when you're in school, say, oh. and you were sitting for a math lecture for a really oh. long time, oh, yeah, and I it's know. really boring, and your mind starts to wander, and say you're 15 or so, and you mm-hmm. get an erection. There's no help. You know, no. you can't do anything about it, and it's not your fault. You weren't no. trying to. No. You're very, very afraid of anyone noticing. Yeah. So what you do is you sort of put your hands in your pockets, and you sort of shimmy mm. your uh, scepter, Mm-hmm. up into mm-hmm. your waistband. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Viral Viscount, if he were to do that mm-hmm. without a tie-on, yeah. game over. People would know what's up because it would be sticking up out up to his, yes. you know, up to his chest. If yeah, anything, he needs that tie the, to yeah, create a little... Yeah. I think, if anything, he would, right. if it was let loose, so to speak, he would be doing probably more damage to the uh, <laughs> palace that he lives in and the 114 homes he owns. Absolutely. Than Knocking over those priceless artifacts from art history, the Van Dyke yeah. paintings, putting, punching making, a big hole in it. Yep. Making you know? more potholes just, <laughs> just <laughs> because he's just so, so horny. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this man's, this man's dick is doing more uh, damage than you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so. Absolutely. He's yeah. another guy that we need to uh, keep, keep an eye, eye on. on. <laughs> I, I would say if if we could get like some sort of roundtable, maybe we could do this at one of his 114 homes. Yeah, you know, around Christmas time next year or something, we get people like uh, the drunk soldier transporting nine weapons, uh, mm-hmm. assault rifles. Uh, we get him. We get Lord Vi- the Viscount Viscount of Hor- Virility. He would be there. <laughs> Get them all sitting at this table and just let them chat it out, you know? Kind of yeah. compare notes on what living is like. Yeah, see if they have any shared experiences. Yeah, I think that would be great. Well, John, thank you so much for that report. Uh, no problem. I, I'm very interested to know more. Uh, 
Eh, not really, actually. Well, I, in a week and a half, there should be a new load of uh, of trash that we'll be able to rummage through and see if there's any updates. So, yeah, and true. if that happens, listener, we'll keep you updated. Yeah, we'll keep. We'll definitely keep you updated. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, uh, some some news out of the UK, which we love doing, and just like to let you know that we did manage to go through that whole uh, UK news article from the Daily Mail, one of our partners, without using a really bad British accent. And that was on me for not doing that. So yeah, that was yours to lose. And you know what? You did a great job. Thank you. John. Um, listen up guys, I got a headline over here and this comes from one of our uh, previous sponsors who you may be familiar with De Beers. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Now, a, a wonderful diamond company and a uh, source of so much joy. Exactly. Yeah. Now, diamond company. Ron, you 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 said you found this story in a box that on the side was labeled failed marketing strategies? Yes. Uh it was. And when I saw the box it said De Beers, uh John John earlier asked when we got to the uh to the dump here, he's like, "Are we going to have any beers?" And I said, "Yeah, there's a <laughs> box over there just filled with De Beers." So I went over Opened it up and <laughs> found this news article. Zero. I was beers, really actually. upset. Actually, yeah, no beer. We didn't speak for a while. I created a different little community over on this side of the dump, and yeah. I wasn't speaking to Ron for a while. And that's okay. But uh, we got this headline here. This is from Bloomberg, uh, Sir Michael Bloomberg's uh, blog, um, and the headline here says: yeah. "Millennials say lab diamonds shine just like the real thing." Pandora okay. isn't trying to democratize diamonds. Luxury jewelers from Tiffany to Cartier should pay attention. So Now, when they say dem- democratize diamonds, do they yes. mean give ownership of the diamond mines in Africa to the people who are indigenous to that area? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh okay. Don't Sorry. So. I just wanted to make that sure. Don't. I just want to make it's that a consumer and democratization, uh, not oh, on the production okay. side. Okay, great. So this Ooh, is, no, that's great news for me. Yeah, this is uh this is from uh this article is from Andrea Felstead. Um mm-hmm. she's a Bloomberg opinion columnist uh covering the consumer and retail industries. And yeah. she says that diamonds are still forever. Nice. Uh lead. <laughs> Pandora AS, which I guess is the uh the the parent company, which makes more pieces of jewelry than any other company in the world, said this week that would no longer use mined diamonds and instead turn to lab-grown stones. Again, if you remember, uh, we had an episode sponsored by De Beers, uh, and so is this one. Um, Episode, insert episode number here. Yeah, so (laughs) known for uh, affordable charms, beloved by young shoppers from China to the U.S., Pandora is the ideal candidate to spearhead this type of sparkler. But when it That's comes right. to high-end bling, it's hard to see synthetic diamonds replacing the real thing anytime soon. Of course, mm. I mean. So, it, guys, it's no surprise that diamonds are getting a makeover. Younger <laughs> shoppers are driving growth across consumer goods, and That's they're more so concerned about factors such as a brand's purpose and a product's cost to the planet than previous generations. That certainly were rings at true their to age. me as a millennial. Yeah, I think um, I would agree with that. If I were to take a survey, I would say that I felt the same way. Yeah, that's one of the things my parents, when they just start talking, uh, when I let them talk, they they uh, 
they won't shut up about how just all of the work and uh you know uh bad things went into the jewelry that my mom wears she she uh she loves that a lot of people suffered right for her right to right put that on her finger and mm -hmm. that's something that they don't pay any attention to or we don't pay or, or they don't um excuse me sorry i'm so uh, true I'm a bit so uh, but in the <laughs> in the luxury industry the <laughs> biggest environmental impact comes from the production of raw materials from natural stones to metal and leather lab-grown diamonds are generally perceived to be more environmentally friendly but the picture is complex mm. Although making a diamond may use fewer natural resources than extracting one from the ground, it still requires considerable amounts of energy. Yeah, so this is where Pandora comes through, you know? They created a line called Brilliance, okay? You following me? And that sounds it's, expensive and, and luxurious. Well, John, guess what? It's certainly playing up to its environmental credentials. As well as using more recycled gold and silver, next year it will use stones made entirely from renewable energy. That should enable the manufacturing process to emit less than a tenth of the greenhouse gases of a low-carbon diamond mine. So creating each piece of brilliance jewelry will produce 400 grams of carbon dioxide. Less than a cafe latte, the company says. <laughs> So um, lab-grown diamonds are certainly cheaper, which has appealed to consumers during the pandemic. Um, so in the U.S., they accounted for 3.1% of jewelry sales by value in the final quarter of 2020, according to the diamond industry analyst Edan Golan, who's a good, also a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, that's up from 2% in the final quarter of 2019. So one oh, driver synthetic of this diamonds synthetic diamonds are up. Is that what you're saying? Yes, uh, uh, they are. They they have gone up since uh, the pandemic. People, you know, to help cope with uh, the coughing and sneezing that may uh, mm -hmm. envelop mm -hmm. you if you catch COVID nineteen, the coronavirus of twenty nineteen. Um, a diamond will definitely help. Uh, it's it's yeah. actually. Um, proven i think through this um so one driver of the increase was earrings now is everybody familiar with those are they're the uh, metal needles that go into your uh earlobes attached to a precious stone yes my, a lot of the time uh, uh so there people women okay love these because according to this article they're ready to spend on adornments that would be visible on zoom calls ah um, and it becomes, and because they come with little emotional symbolism, uh, it's not an engagement ring. There's a stronger case to buy cheaper stones. So synthetic diamond earring sales rose 126% in the U.S. in the final quarter of 2020, compared with the year earlier, according to Golan. So sales of natural diamond earrings were broadly flat. This is a classic BMG econ economic story. This is. We are giving you the information you need to know about diamond futures, mm -hmm. about earring futures, about the tanking uh, blood conflict diamond market. Um, now, this news is a little old because, again, we are in dump mm -hmm. and the story has been thrown out. It's already been consumed by the public. Mm -hmm. Maybe you missed it. We certainly think it's an important one to, to note. Um, and yeah, it's hard for me to... I know that De Beers is sponsoring this episode, so I'm trying to toe the line to find the right yeah, attitude same. to take on this uh, article that, that De Beers would be proud of. 
but it's a little difficult for me. I'm still trying to figure it out. Are they in favor of synthetic diamonds or not? Uh, they're in, they're in favor like... of synthetic diamonds that are made by them in their brilliance right, collection. Right. If I can interest you in maybe some diamond earrings, synthetic diamond earrings, Devin, um, because... I'd be more than happy to chat after uh, the podcast. But ultimately, what, what De Beers is trying to tell us is synthetic diamonds are in. Synthetic diamonds are in, but they're kind of low class. I think that's what it's saying. Because we've got yeah, some a statistic if, here from De Beers. Yeah, uh, if you go down, there's a very helpful info chart. Yeah, so it says, saying I don't is the title. And then it says, synthetic diamonds are struggling to generate the same emotions as natural stones. And then we've got a little chart here. Natural diamonds, consumer perception, and lab grown. Mm. Yeah. Um, the authentic diamonds... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, so natural it's, it's, diamonds are 60% seen as authentic mm. by customers whereas right. the lab grown are only six percent yes um, there's 41 percent romantic <laughs> yes versus six percent and they're 37 percent special versus three percent so yeah the beers has the hard-hitting data here proving that natural Very, diamonds have a higher consumer perception than the lab grown this is a huge amount of information that's really been artfully synthesized and condensed down into this really easy to understand graph there's By three years by De, Beers. By De Beers, yeah. And they're nice round whole numbers, so you know you don't have to think too hard about what they mean. Yeah, these aren't made um, up at all. No. Uh, I'm, now, I'm still says, confused, though, I because De Beers, it says in the De article, Beers, yeah. although De Beers Group, the world's biggest diamond producer by value, launched Lightbox Jewelry, a lab-grown diamond company focused on lower-priced and fashion-oriented pieces in 2018. Other big luxury groups, such as Cartier owner C. Financier Richemont S.A. and Tiffany owner LVMH Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton S.E. haven't followed suit. Hmm. So, they've, they're, so De Beers is launching Lightbox uh, ga- Jewelry, but then also they're launching... The Brilliance Or no, Pandora's launching Brilliance. Who the but fuck is Pandora, is Pandora the owner of De Beers? <laughs> <laughs> what I is just don't. I'm trying to toe the party line here, but I just can't figure. I'm starting it to out. lose track, yeah, of where the De Beers. And you know what? Maybe that's the new ownership. In 2011, De Beers uh, was a was sold from a German uh, Oppenheimer family to uh, a company called Anglo American, mm. and it's chaired by an Australian bloke. Ah, okay, yeah. So, it's, it's all very, very confusing. And, and the story goes on to say, a product being expensive is reassuring to luxury buyers who have flocked to big name brands associated with quality and heritage, such as Hermes, Louis Vuitton, and Rolex during the pandemic. And we can also throw in De Beers. This may help explain why natural diamond prices haven't fallen in response to the growing supply of lab-grown stones. Some 5.6 million carats of synthetic gem-quality diamonds are expected to be produced this year, blah, blah, blah. So... I don't know whether I'm supposed to be for them or against them, the lab-grown stones. I just, I don't know. Uh, well, well, Dev, here, how, yeah. how about we do this? Okay, because in the box, there were a few lab-grown diamond earrings. And you just, mm-hmm. here, lean over here real quick. Let me just put these in your ear real quick. And then, okay. why don't you see how you feel with a little sparkle in your life? Here, put on this jeweler's loop that I, I wear 24-7 and take a look at this diamond. And I'll hold up real. this mirror. And now, Devin, would, how do you feel about Devin, yourself in these lab-grown diamonds? Put on this earring. Yeah, I feel good about it, uh, but I'm still... How authentic does yeah, it does feel? Yeah, does it feel authentic? It feels okay. Um, would you say it's 3% authentic? Yeah, 3 to 6, maybe. 5. But, Let's say 5. 
the article keeps keep, is keeping me guessing here because it says one way to do so one way to uh ensure young people keep buying diamonds is through better communication about sourcing. More customers want to know exactly where their diamond has come from and whose hands it has been in. They want proof it's been ethically sourced. Okay, so is that is that the lab-grown ones or the natural ones? Well, so, and to further complicate it, it says here that these lab-grown diamonds were uh, developed in, uh, in, a lab. Uh, in a lab in Africa. Next okay. to, next to a uh, a diamond mine. Uh, so, is it ethical if they're lab grown or if they're regular? I I'm I actually just can't figure it out. It seems to be the case that these uh, diamond miners are clocking out from the cruel uh, conflict diamond mine, and then they're going into the nice facility next door and working Which overtime at the lab grown diamond. Yeah, my mom. So, my mom loves those conflict ones. Yeah. Let's move along to a segment that I like to call Solidarity, Solidarity with Sino Sissies of the Week. So we got a headline okay. right here. This is uh, coming out of China, which is a massive country over in Asia. Uh, Got a headline here says China bans sissy men from TV to encourage more masculinity in young men. Now I don't know if this is gonna work because uh, I support our 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 sissy brothers over in China. I don't know about you guys. Well, I'm I'm curious as to know what is considered effeminate or sissy in China. Well, done. yeah, I think it's that's a. That's that's the big question because yeah, so they have the rural culture in China. They mm -hmm. have like the agricultural farmland tough guy China, mm -hmm. and then they have the metropolitan metrosexual urban China. Mm, I love. So I'm that. wondering, I'm wondering which which of these standards they're holding the the nation to. Well, John, China's government banned effeminate men on TV and told broadcasters Thursday to promote quote revolutionary culture. Broadening a campaign to tighten control over business and society and enforce official morality. So President Xi Jinping has called for a national rejuvenation with tighter Communist Party control of business, education, culture, and religion. Companies and the public are under increasing pressure to align with its vision for a more powerful China and a healthier society. And I, I just got word that... Uh, the Viral Viscount just booked a flight over to uh, Beijing, and he will be speaking in front of everybody in the news. Um, yeah, he's getting a new... They just uh, re-approved re him for an eight-season primetime TV show. Yeah, so the, the, uh, the party has reduced children's access to online games and is trying to discourage what it sees as unhealthy attention to celebrities. Broadcasters must resolutely put an end to sissy men... In other abnormal aesthetics, the TV <laughs> regulator said, using an insulting slang term for effeminate men, uh, Niang Pao, or literally, girly guns. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Wow. Learning something here. Now, before we wade into this issue and start to, um, you know, come out strongly with how we feel about the issue, mm -hmm. uh, do we think 
that Blue Men Group, as a media operation, would be considered uh, sissy, or would it be like masculine revolutionary in China? Great question, John. Yeah, that's important. Maybe for our listeners to decide as well, uh, if you want to weigh in after the episode. Well, this reflects official concern that Chinese pop stars influenced by the sleek, girlish look of some South Korean and Japanese singers, that's editorializing, I think, uh, and actors <laughs> are failing to encourage China's young men to be masculine enough. Uh, yeah. Broadcasters should avoid promoting vulgar internet celebrities. That's us. And admiration of wealth and celebrity, also us. And the regulator said, instead, programs should vigorously promote excellent tri Chinese traditional culture, revolutionary culture, and advanced socialist culture. Which I think we also do from yeah, time we to do time. That. I think we dabble. We've done that. So um, Xi's government is also uh, tightening control over Chinese internet industries. It launched an anti-monopoly data security and other enforcement actions at companies including games and social media provider Tencent Holding and e-commerce giant Alibaba Group that the ruling party worries are too big and independent. Rules that okay. took effect Wednesday limit anyone under 18 to three hours per week of online games and prohibit play on school days. <laughs> so there's no rules banning people uh, in China from listening to Blue Men Group? No. So None why don't whatsoever. we have... <laughs> we need to get that market share up. No, I know. I'm, I'm well Maybe aware. we will now that there's no longer going to be as much competition. Yeah, there's less competition. The manly, the effeminate, we can be manly the, content can come into that vacuum. Yeah, we can be the, the uh, most strongest revolutionary sissies that... China's ever seen <laughs> if, if they would allow us yeah um, so, so game developers already were required to submit new titles for government approval which we also had to do for this podcast before they could be released officials have called on them to add nationalistic themes the party is also tightening controls over celebrities broadcasters should avoid performers who violate public order uh, much like the young gun runner who we spoke about earlier, yeah, or have right. lost morality, the regulator said. Programs about the children of celebrities are also banned. Not That does not bode well for the Will Smith's family, who's <laughs> constantly right, so on we TV. Cover, we cover, we, in today's show, we covered somebody who had violated public order and somebody who had lost morality. So yeah, I think true. You know, we're hitting all of the marks that the Chinese Communist Party would like us to hit. Yeah, that is true. So on Saturday, the microblog platform Weibo Corp suspended thousands of accounts for fan clubs and entertainment news. And my account was suspended as well. Mm. Um, as you may remember, I'm extremely popular on uh, China's That's Twitter. Right. I but forgot I don't you have said that. Any followers on, on Twitter, actual in Twitter. The West. In the West. So right. uh, a popular actress, Zhao Wei, my ex wife, uh, has disappeared from streaming platforms. I had nothing to do with that, uh, without explanation. Her name has been removed from credits of movies and TV programs. She doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> Thursday's order told broadcasters to limit pay per for performers and to avoid contract terms that might help them evade taxes. So another actress, okay, so Zhang evading Shuang, taxes is sissy. Yes, correct. You're not, using uh, the trick right. of words to not uh, take on the the nation's burdens and contribute to the great correct. revolutionary society. That's correct, John. Um, so uh, another actress, Zheng Shuang, was fined 
299 million won, that is $46 million, uh, last week on tax evasion charges in a warning to celebrities to be positive role models. So... Um, but we, we we nothing else needs to be said to us. I right. mean, we we understand what's going on here, Loud and clear. we yeah. are on Message board hundred percent, loud yeah. and clear, Mister Peng, Ji Jinping. Uh, and I, um, our our the, the owner of our new show, which will be launching soon, is yes. actually has strong China connections, and um, he will be enforcing patriotic content and we will be willingly accepting that so we yeah i was to gonna it. say it's it's interesting to, to cover this story um considering that they they mentioned that they're trying to crack down on uh powerful independent uh media uh, yeah. corporations owned by very wealthy individuals they're talking about us um, <laughs> because we were just scooped up by one of those famous uh cyber um, without going too far into it cyber libertarian independent media uh uh Aristocrats. Yeah, who, yeah, who you of. you will be hearing from uh, about the purchase uh, at the launch of our new podcast coming up very shortly. Um, yeah, and also the 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 buyer of our podcast, who John was just explaining, uh, also has some very close connections to some mines, as yes. we talked about, which my mother loves, as I mentioned again. That's right. Uh, well, as you know, the Chinese <laughs> love him. They hate him. It's back and forth. Sometimes yeah. he's having dinner with Xi Jinping. Sometimes, you know, they're feuding. You know, they're, they're after him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited to start the new show because part of the con- like part of what we've been dealing with is that we're not allowed to um, be seen in public. Right. We've been living in this garbage dump. Yes. Until the That's official right. start date of the contract, and we also have to live in the new studio, so we're not we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, I kind of really. Right. I'm starting to go. I think a little mad. I know. Um, I hate it from the squawking of these gulls. I hate it, and from having to uh, to forage for uh, moldy food and uh, all of these damn sticky magazines filled that- with. With Devin's yeah, chisel. sorry about those guys. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, gross. that's I can't really say what that's what it is, but yeah. So uh, just to finish out the show, round out the show. Uh, usually we do uh, this week's numbers. Um, Got to be honest, guys. I don't. I can't even get access to our numbers because we're in a goddamn dump. Uh, yeah, right. We sold already the uh, the, the passwords and the we logins sold the and everything. The, we sold the audience base. Yeah, so we've we've uh, we've sold it all, but we're you know we're in a transitionary period right now. Lots changing. It's the beginning of 2022, but we're we're moving toward a very well funded and uh, well rehearsed uh, new podcast covering yeah. the news, just like we always have. And as as we mentioned earlier, it is in line with some of those Chinese ideals. Uh, I don't know. Let's throw some numbers out here. Uh, I see 16. Of uh, magazines that Devin brought, um, yeah, yeah, sixteen, yep, eighteen yeah. seagulls. Uh, I counted. There's eighteen seagulls on this hill, particularly. Yeah. We were talking earlier. Four pair, four shoes between the two of you. Yeah, two pairs. <laughs> yeah, there's. I've seen four rats today. Mm-hmm. Since um, I woke uh, up. Here's a number yeah. you might be familiar with: forty-six million dollars. Now. I know that you're probably thinking uh, that's how much that Chinese actor was fined for <laughs> evading taxes. That is correct. Also happens to be the amount that we sold the podcast for. So 
Listen, kind ultimately, we're sitting in a dump, but we're very happy. Although we're never going to see any of that money uh, unless we produce new shows. Uh, so, listen, to our listener, we are still here. We're going to be posting our new shows here on the Blue Man Group channel for a few weeks. And we encourage you, at the time we launch our new podcast, to follow our new podcast. Now, I know that's asking quite a bit. <laughs> but we're going to make it very easy for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are very excited to launch our new podcast and introduce you to our new buyer, who is our new boss, who says he will have a hands-off approach to our reporting. But we know that that probably won't be the case. And I have a feeling that this new buyer is going to be a thorn in our ass. Sis. Our asses. <laughs> We can currently say that because this is not the new show yet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is this an is extremely a very, independent, a yeah, very special episode because this episode is our one and only bootleg, off the grid, radical Blue Men Group episode, the final episode. We may all, return, you know, a gorilla episode that may happen again episode. in the future too. We may We're be anarcho syndicalists here. Yeah, in this we don't. Dump. We do what we want, and uh, until, of course, uh, next week when we begin the new program. But until then, yeah. we are broadcasting from the garbage dump, and we're in a free country for now. Until for our now. flight to Beijing next week. For now. Yeah. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen and everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Devin, John, thanks for joining me. Blue Man thank Group you. has been absolutely spectacular. It gave us our wings, allowed us to fly, and now we've been captured by a much larger bird who is going to <laughs> take us to the edges of the stratosphere as our podcast grows, grows and grows like a Labrador diamond. Absolutely. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week for our new show <laughs> as introduced by our new buyer (laughs) (laughs) my name is Ron Ecstasy signing off au revoir au revoir au revoir bye